0: Today, with Catherine Ruinala. We read about the heavens and the earth, and and heaven can be used in the Old Testament sometimes just to be meaning the sky or the area above the earth. But then there are really specific biblical references throughout Scripture to the place where God dwells, to the place where Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and I to dwell with Him eternally. But surprisingly, there's a lot of people who don't really have any understanding of heaven. We don't, even through scripture, have a really clear picture of what the future looks like. But there is a lot that we can know through the word of God. Our Father who is in heaven. In heaven, the Bible tells us heaven is not just a a, a, a state of being. It's a real tangible place with architecture. It's a tangible real place where God dwells and we can read the descriptions about what that's like and it's amazing. Jesus said to the thief on the cross as he was dying, to this day you will be with me in paradise. It's a place more glorious than you or I have the ability to fully comprehend on this side but God's delight is for us to recognize that there is an eternal home for us and it's it's heaven it's paradise and in fact we are called to let the world taste of that paradise, that glory and that goodness, as we begin to reveal on earth the manifest power of God, just as Jesus did, healing the sick. Remember, he would say, heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God has come upon them. It was a little taste of this place where there is no sickness, this place where there is no trouble, where there is no tears, Can you imagine a place where there's no problems? Man, that sounds like heaven to me. (laughs) No problems, ever. But it's also not a place that is just some floaty place where you have no actual purpose, where you just float around. It's a real place. And I wanted to share some scriptures with you today about what it looks like from what we can understand through the Word of God. Now, in our short time, I'm not gonna be able to even come close to really touching on what heaven looks like, but we'll give it a go, having a look at the Word of God tonight. So heaven's a real and tangible place. And one of the, the lovely things I, I've discovered as I've looked into the Word of God about heaven is that it's, it's a place where we're certainly not gonna be bored. In fact, this life is just part one of a really big story. That, that this isn't the main thing, this, this life. It's actually part one of an incredible eternal story. That isn't the same old, same old mundane, everyday grab a harp and float on a cloud. There's actually an unfolding eternal story yet to come, which is just amazing. And it's a place where the Bible tells us we will continue to be fascinated, where we'll have more to discover all the time. And just as the angels long to know more, as it tells us in First Peter chapter 1, verse 12, they long to look into some of these things. The angels who behold him continually are themselves being continually fascinated, continually wanting to know more. And, you know, I enjoy learning. I, I don't know about you, but I believe... Human beings are wired with a curiosity and a fascination. And that, I believe, will continue in heaven as we get to discover and explore the heavens and what God has uh, laid up. Just as when Adam and Eve were brought into Eden, into the garden, they were given the privilege of being able to discover everything that was there and see all the creations. And, and they worked. Work wasn't a curse. Uh, it... it it was um, something that was given to give meaning and purpose uh, to their lives. And I believe in the same way, just as our God worked and then rested on the seventh day, I believe there's going to be meaningful activity in heaven where we're going to be able to um, serve the Lord, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation. Forevermore, we're going to be able to serve him. We're going to be able to d- to be worshiping him to be discovering and worship isn't just something that we do, it is a response to what we see. Worship that the Father looks for is worship that's in spirit and truth, that is a response to the Holy Spirit revealing something new about God and if worship continues in heaven, which it does, it's going to be a continual provocation of you seeing something new and glorious about God that will provoke you to a real and spontaneous worship. Worship here is beautiful, but worship there is going to be even more glorious. Hallelujah. Uh, The Bible tells us in Psalm 16, verse 11, that in his presence, it's a place of continual joy and pleasures forevermore. It's just... Difficult to comprehend in our world where we live, where we, where we have troubles. But in this place, there's gonna be continuous joy, perfect peace all the time, and pleasures forevermore. But that joy and that peace is something that we, as citizens of heaven, right now seated with him, though walking on the earth, can manifest in the earth around us. Hallelujah. It's a place where there'll be rewards. The Bible talks about us storing up treasure in heaven. Revelation twenty two twelve, 12, Matthew 5, 12, Matthew 6, 18, and many, many more scriptures talk about the rewards in heaven, the things that we can do on the earth that we'll be rewarded for in heaven, which is an amazing thought. God wants us to be heavenly minded. He wants us to be thinking about eternity, hallelujah. He says we're gonna have New, eternal bodies. Praise the Lord. No more problems with your body. No more aches and pains or freckles. The Lord is going to give you a brand new, eternal body. An actual body. So, And, and the book tells us here that we also recognize one another. So... I don't know how it's going to work, but you're going to have a glorified body. You're going to be able to recognize one another. You're going to, you're going to be walking in perfect love, perfect peace, perfect joy. There is no sin in heaven. yippee This is really exciting. No sin. Praise the Lord because you'll be so overwhelmed with the glory of God that sin will have lost all. All appeal, hallelujah. Free, it's a place of so much glory and it's a place where the story goes on, the glorious story of redemption, hallelujah. And then the Bible talks also about the new heavens and the new earth. But let's just begin, I wanna read to you just a little bit from Revelation chapter four to start with to give you a little taste, hallelujah. This is John speaking, chapter four, verse one. After these things I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said, come up here and I'll show you the things which must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their head. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first creature was like a lion. The second creature like a calf. And the third creature had the face like that of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings are full of eyes around and within. And day and night, they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne to him who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. It's a glorious scene. Heaven, this throne and the glory the angels and the the uh, rainbow the emerald rainbow around the throne the flashes of lightning have you ever seen a storm we love storms in queensland i love to sit in the back deck in summer and watch the storms the lightning and the thunder it's majestic and it's glorious but this is going to be altogether more glorious the the thunderings, the lightnings, the flashing, the glory, the living creatures, the, the seven spirits of God, the flames, the, the sea of glass before him, the, the elders, oh, the scene will be astonishing and altogether wonderful, and it'll never get old. They're continually before him worshipping, which means they are continually being provoked with wonder and awe that causes them to cry out, holy, holy. Heaven is going to be so glorious. Hi, friends. For so many years, I lived with condemnation, frustrated that I didn't fully measure up. Then the Holy Spirit began to reveal the truth that I was loved, set free, and defined by the performance of Jesus, not by my good works. Such a basic truth, but I didn't really understand it. Let me help you fully grasp the goodness of God and how He's designed us to live supernaturally as new creations. Imagine if you were truly, supernaturally free from sin and shame, free to follow the desires that God's placed in your heart, In my new book, Supernatural Freedom, I give you simple keys to unlock the freedom that you were designed to live in every day. And then in Revelation 21, it talks about the new heavens and the new earth. The story goes on. You can read about it also in Isaiah 65. It's just fascinating. But here in in Revelation 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There'll no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And it's glorious, you can go on and read it. Um, Look at verse 10, it says here, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the holy city Jerusalem, Coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like, the very, like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal-clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with 12 gates, and the gates 12 angels, and at the gates 12 angels, and the names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east and three gates on the north and three gates on the south and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And then he goes on. um, As he begins to describe the walls, verse 17, has he measured the wall 72 yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements, the material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, chalcedony, the fourth, emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the 10th, chrysophase, the 11th, jacinth, the the 12th, amethyst, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. And the the streets of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. This is an incredible place. I saw no temple in it for the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God has illumined it and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it in the daytime for there will be no night there. Its gates will never be closed and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it and nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As I read on in Revelation 22, if you have a look, it, it begins in verse one here. He showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was a tree bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse and the throne of God and the lamb will be in it and his bond servants will serve him. That's you and I. Hallelujah. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads And there will no longer be any night and they will have no need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. Did you know you're going to reign? You have responsibility, hallelujah, in heaven. You're not just this floating spirit having nothing to do. God is gonna cause his glory to manifest so amazingly uh, through us as his body, and he's gonna cause you to have purpose in heaven, hallelujah. And then uh, if you skip down to verse 14, actually, let's go to verse 12. It says, behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside of the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. You know, the heart of God is for us to recognize that he has created the heavens and the earth and that there is an eternity with him available for those who will believe. When he says that the dogs and the adulterers and the immoral, he's not talking about dogs. I mean, I have dogs, I love my dogs. He's talking about people who have rejected Christ, people who have rejected the invitation to salvation. There is also, sadly, a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels, and that's a place called hell. And that's a real and a tangible place too. The will of God is that no one would go there. In fact, he went to the most extreme lengths to make a way that everybody could receive salvation if they would so choose. The Bible makes it clear that the will of God is that none should perish. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on heaven. But he also respects the fact that you and I have been created in his image and that we have a free will to choose. He says, see, I set before you life and death. Choose life. It's the easiest exam because he tells you the answer. Here's the, here's the test. You can choose life or death. Hey, choose life. Choosing life is choosing Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Living a good life isn't a qualification to get into heaven, because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Which means, even if you've led a good moral life, but you've told a lie, You cannot pay for that lion without receiving the gift of redemption, the gift of salvation, the price that Jesus paid by faith, receiving his mercy. You will have to pay for that sin, which is, and that the wages of even just one sin is death. Why? Because God is light, and light can't have any fellowship with darkness. They cannot coexist. So Jesus came to make a way to take away your darkness where you could exchange your sin and all the penalty, all the judgment. You could exchange it in faith as you repent and receive his mercy and receive the righteousness of God and eternal life with him in heaven. It's the most glorious thing. So when we go to pray every day, our Father who is in heaven, Jesus was wanting you and I to remember that there is a real place called heaven. There's a real place called hell. That God has gone before you to prepare a place for you. The Bible talks about mansions, the dwelling places. And let me tell you, if you've got an issue, are there mansions, are there dwelling places? God knows how to do things well, and he doesn't skimp. It's going to be glorious. The whole city itself is made of gold that is so pure, it's transparent. So you don't have to worry, I haven't lived a very good life. I'm only going to get a shack. It's going to be pure gold, no matter what it looks like, which is pretty amazing, hallelujah. But God wants everyone to be in eternity for part two And however many more parts there are in eternity, this glorious story will continue in heaven, and God wants you to be a part of it. The way you can do that, Jesus also told told us about. And it was, if you turn with me to John chapter 3, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus that was fascinated and came and visited Jesus in the night, thinking, there's something about this guy. I think he has the answers. And he came to him and he said, tell me how I can have eternal life. So let's have a look at it here in John chapter three. And I want to share with you what Jesus said about how we can have eternal life. Let's look at verse Five, Jesus answered and said, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, "'unless one is born of water and the Spirit, "'he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. "'That which is born of the flesh is flesh, "'and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. "'Do not be amazed that I say to you, "'you must be born again. "'The wind blows where it wishes, "'and you hear the sound of it, "'but do not know where it comes from "'and where it's going. "'So, everyone, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit.'" Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and you don't understand? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen. And if you do not accept our testimony, uh, and you do not accept our testimony, if I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He goes on and he says, whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send the son into the world to judge the world that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. You can bring all your past, all your sin, all your evil deeds, everything you've done wrong and bring them to Jesus And the Bible says that he will take them and throw them into his um, sea of forgetfulness. He will never recall them again. It will be just as if you never sinned. Turn your heart and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. He will wipe away your sin. He will give you a new heart. He will give you his righteousness and he will qualify you by His grace, if you will simply put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again, so that you and He can be together in heaven for eternity. Hallelujah. Our wonderful Savior. You know, I believe that as we spend some time thinking about heaven, God wants to inspire you, that you have a purpose here on earth. As you keep in mind the glory of heaven, it will spur you on to share your faith with those that don't yet know him.